Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name's Ernest Price and I'm the Education Officer at Vape. We're using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. I'd like to acknowledge that this interview happened on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and to pay my respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Today we've got Karis McEwen back again with some more book recommendations for both young people and the adults in their lives. Enjoy the discussion. Hello Vape Village. Welcome to another great session with the wonderful Karis McEwen. I'm wondering, Karis, whether I need to give you a full bio every time we have you on. No, it's getting repetitive. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Okay. Well, suffice to say, she's a librarian who also is very involved in a range of other library-related pursuits. That just makes you sound vague and and sort of exciting. I like it. It's mysterious. It's good, isn't it? Um, So Karis is back as per usual uh, to give us some great book recommendations today. What do you want to start with, Karis? Let's start with a couple of books for year seven and eight, so our sort of more middle grade readers. Uh, So the first one on my list is a really recent local release by an author called Danielle Binks. It's her debut novel. It's called The Year the Maps Changed. Um, It is, as I said, for middle graders, but I'd say probably best suited to more advanced readers in that age range. It doesn't deal with um, mature themes as such, but sort of quite complicated ideas and it's quite a convoluted story. So I'd probably be giving it to students that are more advanced or looking for a bit of extension. Uh, It's set in 1999 in Sorrento, Victoria. So the author has drawn from her own experiences as a child in that era and that setting. Um, It's a coming of age story about a young girl called Winifred or Fred um, that also has the backdrop of true political events that took place at that time. Um, which involved a group of refugees that were resettled in that area in the 90s. Um, It's a really good story about uh, finding your moral compass from a young age. And I think that's probably an idea that most people don't think about um, until it's in hindsight. It's quite nice that this story raises those, those ideas of a moral compass for young people so that they can think about it um, as it's happening. But it's also just a really lovely personal story about a curious young girl and um, a reflection on the changes that happen at that time in, in someone's life. So I highly recommend The, years, the Year the Maps well, the year the maps changed by Danielle Binks. It's been getting a lot of positive buzz online, particularly from some other YA authors. So I think it might be a really good read. Yeah, a nice one for adults as well, I'd say. Um, there might be a bit of nostalgia there because it's set in the 90s too. <laughs> a really long time ago now, I realised. It's deeply upsetting. Exactly. I did read. Um, a great, I read a great, great tweet from one of my favourite comedians and podcasters who um, tweeted that um, now that it's twenty twenty, she can't keep blaming her personality on the nineteen nineties. So uh, <laughs> that was quite a good, a good tweet. Very honest. Um, Okay, so my next one is called The January Stars by Kate Constable. And lots of people will be familiar with Kate's work, particularly Crow Country, which is a favourite for Australian English classrooms and has been for quite some time. Um, Just another book as well that was a a big 
favourite of mine that probably got a little bit less attention. That was called New Guinea Moon. Um, I highly recommend that one as well. But her new book is for middle grade readers. Uh, it's a real character driven novel that explores intergenerational bonds within a very complicated, chaotic family setting. Uh, so the main character, Clancy, and her sister, Tash, um, their parents get called away on a family crisis overseas. So they're left uh, to their own devices. And while their parents are gone, the two girls end up kidnapping their grandfather from his aged care facility. <laughs> uh, so what follows is sort of a rollicking um, journey with with those kinds of um, ideas, which is, is a lot of fun. Um, the story is, is really tightly paced and it's super engaging. I think it's a book that you could give to almost any young reader and, and pitch it to them because they'll probably find something within the story. Um, there's been a lot of recent releases in Australia and internationally that focus on uh, young protagonists that have um, an obsession with outer space or the universe or the cosmos. Um, but the January stars add something really new to this trend, which I loved. Um, and it plays on that idea that without the dark, we wouldn't have the stars, which is a really, really lovely idea that gets explored in this novel. I like the intergenerational emphasis as well. I think for young people who might have been um, isolating with perhaps a couple of generations of their family or maybe have been separated from generations of their family might be a good angle as well to pitch them on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so my third one for this age range is I think probably the first time since we've been doing these videos that I've uh, recommended an international title. I've been mm. Sticking pretty Australian, but I just couldn't go past this one. Uh, it's called Here in the Real World by Sarah Pennypacker. Some people might remember her last novel, Pax, which was very popular. Um, this one here in the real world is a really quiet story. And I think that phrase gets thrown around a lot um, at the moment. But this is genuinely um, just, just a really quiet story where not a lot happens but at the same time, kind of everything happens within mm. the, the life of this young protagonist. So um, his name is Ware. He is a very quiet um, young boy. He's a real wallflower that has always um, spent his life thus far really watching from the sidelines mm. and, and being a bit of a misfit. Um, his parents are really distant, um, not particularly loving, and they sort of make him feel even more like a misfit. Um, it just explores some really big feelings um, and I think young people go through this a lot maybe even a lot more than we realize so I really celebrate when stories like this um, come out so what happens to little where is he ends up being forced to attend a summer camp to ease his social anxieties which of course, of course is his worst nightmare come to life um, but he ends up developing a really beautiful friendship and starts to find his place in the world and this is just a story that explores identity and belonging in a really authentic uh, realistic and accessible way which I absolutely loved and will be recommending I think to a lot of my students. I can imagine a lot of students we both know who might be able to connect to that to that narrative it's lovely Absolutely. i also like the idea of a quiet story again in these times when you know people's lives have slowed down uh considerably and i think maybe it's a chance for young people to connect yeah you know readers who might generally be driven to very plot driven stories to perhaps try something a little bit outside 
Right. And I think especially for the, that middle grade age range, the upper primary and the lower secondary, a lot of the stories that come out for those students are very plot driven and include an adventure or some kind of um, action packed something. Um, so, I, I, yeah, like I say, I celebrate when there are stories that that do rely on, on those sort of quieter themes and ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Are we moving up an age bracket now? Yeah, let's do it. So for year nine and 10, I've got a couple of recommendations. The first one is Aurora Rising by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. Um, this is the first book in the series. The second book just came out, I believe, last week. So if there are students that haven't read this yet, they, can, um, they don't have to wait for part two. It's out. Um, I haven't read part two yet, but I've had a few librarian friends that have, and I've super excited about it. Um, I have read number one. It was uh, long listed for the CBCA awards. It's a CBCA notable book for this year. Um, I actually read something this week that made me think of this. Um, and that was that any book can be studied in an English classroom because all books have a purpose and a context and themes that can be unpacked. And I think genre fiction does typically get a little bit cast aside when we think about text selection. Um, but this is an example of a book that um, it's a science fiction novel, but it's accessible, it's action packed, and it has literary mer merit. Um, and I talk about that a lot because it is an idea that I'm really interested in the idea of what is quality literature um, and how I suppose subjective that can be. Um, but I highly recommend this for pleasure reading and possibly um, as, a, as a, a text to be studied. It's a highly entertaining space opera that takes the reader on a really wild adventure uh, through the perspective of, I think, seven or eight characters. It's, it's got lots of points of view mm. um, and all the different points of view there are um, humans and aliens, um, but all of them are grappling with their own versions of um, coming to terms with their identity and coping with the challenges of growing up and adolescence, which is really interesting to see that in, um, in a science fiction book. Um, it also, of course, has excellent world building and is an incredibly immersive story. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the suspense in it as well is um, really, really carried throughout and it sets up the reader for a second book. Um, so as I say, part one and part two are currently out. So if you're interested, you can re now read both, which is great. Absolutely. And I think you and I have spoken extensively and I've prepared, prepared some professional learning for debate about the idea of independent text study young people being able to study texts that meet their interests and their point of need. And I think a text like that, that maybe won't, necessarily as you say be something that teachers are drawn to for a whole class sort of set text text study nonetheless are such rich sources i mean already you've talked about point of view you've talked about world building all of those points of access for young people in analyzing a text so it sounds like a really excellent opportunity to get that into some classrooms yeah definitely um my next book is also genre fiction it's a romance um which i think equally can can have literary merit too of course um so this one i don't have a copy of but it's called only mostly devastated by sophie gonzalez and this is a queer reimagining of greece <laughs> oh wow okay i mean so, I, I the queer reimagining i was like yep i'm with this and then greece i was out i'm not a greece fan but tell me on it Karis. 
<laughs> All right, let me give it a go. Um, but I think you probably know, already know the story if you know Greece. Um, yeah. But it is a fantastic reimagining. So it tells the story of a short-lived uh, romance between Will and Ollie over one summer. Um, and then when Ollie's family get uprooted and have to move across the country, he, of course, finds himself at Will's high school, um, his summer love. So um, as it turns out, Will isn't this sweet, affectionate guy that he met over the summer. He's actually a basketball jock. He's the class clown and he's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> so it follows that similar sort of trajectory to Greece. Um, but this is a really perfect story for students that were big fans of um, Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda mm -hmm. or the Love, Simon film. Personally, I hate it when a YA book gets really big and then every book that follows it is like the new version, mm -hmm. so like the new Fault in Our Stars or the new Twilight. But I genuinely mean this comparison. Uh, I would certainly give this book to those um, students that loved that story uh, if you can't sell them on, on the Greece adaptation. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm willing to try it despite its connection to Greece, but, um, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've already got great songs in my head, so I'm going to hate you for the rest of the <laughs> What's up last? Um, so last, something completely different, something that really took me by surprise because personally it's not something that I might have picked up myself. Um, it's a pirate adventure novel for young adults. Um, Devil's Ballast by Meg Caddy. Uh, have you read this? No. No, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, um, again, pirate story is not really normally my wheelhouse, but... No, neither. Um, but it's absolutely fantastic. It also made the notable list this year for the CBCA Awards. Um, and it's a, obviously an action-packed adventure, but it's also a really nuanced story. Um, it brings to life one of history's most fascinating anti-heroines. So um, it is based on a true story, the story of Anne Bonny, who was an Irish Irish pirate who wrecked havoc in the Caribbean in the 18th century. Um, and aside from all the swashbuckling adventure, there's also a really clever exploration of gender roles, feminism, retribution, and ultimately it is a quest for a very particular type of freedom. Um, I think this would be perfect for students that like action and adventure and historical fiction, but I would also be giving this to students that um, want something really unique. I often challenge my students to read books that are completely out of their comfort zone. Um, that's one reason why I am quite against the genrefication of library collections in high school libraries, because I think uh, it allows students to just stick with what they know and not branch out or transition into other types of stories. Um, but this is a great book um, to challenge students and to give them something completely different, probably to what a lot of them have read before. Absolutely. And I think that's a really important challenge to give young people. It's something you and I worked on together as well and putting together a year nine reading program to challenge students uh, to really, yeah, step outside that. And I think it, you know, it has so many benefits, obviously, that are uh, I think obvious to all of us in the yeah, education community, but I think it also the surprise element for young people, um, especially cynical young people who aren't <laughs> always willing to step outside that sort of set boundary. And I think it has so many benefits when you then ask them to study set text in the later years because they're a little bit more willing and open mm. um, to engage with those other texts. 
Yeah, all right, I'm going to share a book with you now. Yes. Um, so this is actually a book I'm rereading at the moment. I was given it as a gift for my birthday um, and I had read it before, but uh, it's very, it's a rare book that I will reread uh, willingly. Um, so it's My Sister, The Serial Killer. I love um, that book. It's such an amazing book. I read it, um, I guess, last year sometime. Um, it's just so easy to devour. So I'm actually really enjoying going back to it. Um, the chapters are really short, so I think it's easy. And the, the plot is so engaging and the characters are so engaging. Um, it's easy to fly through it in a couple of hours, but I'm enjoying going back to it um, and getting that benefit of a more nuanced second read. Um, if you haven't read it, the premise is there in the title. Um, the protagonist's sister is a serial killer um, of boyfriends. Um, and so the book opens with the two sisters cleaning up after one of her murders. Um, and goes from there. It's a really exciting, funny, obviously dark, but funny book. Um, highly recommend it. What are you reading, Karis? Um, I also recommend that book. My sister actually gave it to me as a gift and she left it <laughs> under my pillow just for me to discover, which was incredibly creepy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I also recommend that. I also read another book that you recommended last time, which is Sweetness and Light by Liam mm. Piper. I just finished it this weekend. It was incredible. I was completely immersed. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, it was brilliant and actually made me think about um, Liam Piper's first novel, The Toymaker, which I also really loved and mm. highly recommend. Um, and then last night I just started reading a new book, which I'm only a few chapters in, but I already would suggest it because it's really brilliant. Um, it's called If I Had Your Face by Fran Francis Cha. Um, it's mm. set in South Korea. Mm. And I've got it on order at the moment. Do you? I have to <laughs> my copy. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's told through the eyes of four different women in South Korea um, and it explores this world where getting cosmetic surgery is as commonplace as going to the hairdresser, where K-pop stars are the object of um, all-consuming obsession and where ruthless social hierarchies uh, dictate people's every move. Um, so it's a really, really interesting exploration of that world, particularly in terms of the, the cosmetic surgery, which is um, such a big part of so many women's lives in that part of the world. Absolutely. Well, we'll compare notes once I get my book delivery. Um, hopefully in the next couple of days. I have another um, book that I, I'm going to read next. Um, uh, which I'm also excited about reading, but I'll wait to do a reveal. It's building a bit of tension for our next, our next Ooh, interview in a couple of weeks. The suspense is driving me crazy already. I know, I know. <laughs> um, before we wrap up today, I'm going to embarrass you and recommend, since I didn't do your bio at the beginning, I'm going to recommend one more Karis McEwen uh, product, um, which is a podcast that Karis does with um, a colleague of hers um, and a former share colleague of ours, Annabelle. Um, the podcast is called You Look Tired and it's got an amazing format where at the moment the two hosts alternate um, a, uh, sharing a piece of writing that they've been working on around a particular theme. Um, so the last episode was around, um, I guess, the way that ideas of beauty and beauty standards have been um, changed or challenged by this period of self-isolation. Um, so it's a really great format because I, I love the way you guys share the writing um, and then, you know, it develops into a conversation around that particular theme. And I think next season you're going to be welcoming in guest pieces of writing as well. So 
Uh, you look tired. Um, Karis is looking very embarrassed, but you can um, access it. On I thought you were going to say that I was looking really tired. <laughs> no, no, no. I was not going to say that. Um, you can find it on all of your podcast platforms where you can also find the Vape Village podcast. So two for, two for one um, on a subscription. Highly recommend. Um, do you want to add anything about your podcast, Karis? No, I just want to thank you for the cheeky little plug there. I, I, <laughs> I mean, think- it we, yeah, and we're, we're looking for people to join us on our next season to share a piece of writing about um, a part of their life that is making them tired. Yeah, I'm already pitching them, but I'm not sure if I'll make it past the cut, even though I am their biggest supporter. No pressure. Um, so thank you once again, Karis McEwen, who is the school librarian at Paran and Richmond High School, soon to return to the physical library, which I'm sure you are a little bit excited about, especially when it has young people in it again. Um, also the CBCA Victorian branch president and a judge from this year's CBCA book awards. You put the blurb in I put it at the end. It's very delete. All right. So Karis, we're going to see you again in a couple of weeks with some more suggestions. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Thanks for having me again. Bye. Thanks as always to Karis. She'll be back with us in another couple of weeks. If you would like to share some reading recommendations, hop on to our social media feeds and use the hashtag FateReads. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your provider and connect with us through social media or email us. As always, I'm really keen to hear from you if you've got some ideas for guests on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and stay safe.